The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast in America is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sports and research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to Cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by the Sports Game Podcast Patreon. The guys just dropped their bonus behind-the-scenes episode of Sean winning $200,000. Plus, this week's prize, Pick'em Prize, is a free $250 Super Bowl square. SportsCampodcast.com slash Patreon to join today. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast. Now, it is currently Sunday night, February 4th. I'm your host, always, Scott Reichel, once again, going solo for this pod. It is part two of the Tennis Gambling Podcast for Sunday, Jan- uh, fe- uh, Sunday, February 4th, because we did an episode already tonight as we ended up breaking down both upcoming hardcore tournaments in Dallas and Marseille. So if you do want the previews and outrights for those two tournaments, check out the episode before this one. But this will be a Cordoba-only episode because I decided to separate the hardcore events from the clay events. And as a result, we do have one tournament to preview in this video. So it should be relatively short, but the point is we're going to be covering a lot of potential winners in this tournament because it's Cordoba. Expect absolute chaos, and it should be a lot of fun since it is the first official ATP clay event of the calendar season. To get into uh, some quick reminders here, a reminder, if you are new to the show, first of all, welcome, uh, either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. But regardless of where you are consuming the podcast, remember, we do have merch now on the SGPN merch store. So if you do want to purchase a shirt or a mug, you'll be helping the podcast out. But we do have some uh, I, I some uh, overall merchandise for the show that I recommend uh, checking out. I'm a big fan of the design of the podcast, and I do think that the design looks even better on a shirt. So check that out if you do want to support the show. But as for the actual Lock and Dog recap, we got nothing because we ended up recapping the Amon Pierre final in the previous episode in the Dallas and Marseille breakdown. So once again, if you missed that, we ended up sweeping in the last episode. We broke it down more thoroughly in the previous episode. Not really going to spend much more time actually stalling because I know that we have a lot of potential outrights to cover. I have more than I did in the previous couple of tournaments, just in this one alone. Cordoba is absolute anarchy. Let's put it that way. And it's that way for a reason. It's because it's a 250 clay event. So you have a lot of players coming over either from Europe or from South America, trying to fight it out for an ATP title. And as a result, it usually is a ton of fun where long shots have a decent chance of actually making respectable runs. Now, last year, we had a bit of a heartbreaker as we had Coria to win the event that I believe he was around 20 to 1, I think maybe 18 to 1, and he lost in the final in three sets to Baez. But to go quickly through the actual uh, previous winners of Cordoba, you had Baez ended up, who ended up beating Coria. You had Ramos Vinolas, who ended up beating Tabilo. You had um, J.M. Sarandolo having the Cinderella run as he beat Ramos Vinolas. You had Giron beating Schwartzman, and you had Londero beating Pella. A lot of Argentinians uh, in the final. I'm not sure if they always win, but the point is you usually get at least one per final. It also helps when you stack the entire draw with a ton of Argentinians, but it's worked out. And you're also looking at a lot of different names. The only person to make a final in two separate years was Ramos Vinolas, and you have not had a winner go back-to-back. So the point is you are looking at what should be a very open, a very fun bracket, 
And as a result, we're going to be going through some long shots. I have a couple of them because I do think some actually might be live to win this whole thing. But I don't think anyone's going to be in the insane price ranges. J.M. Sarumbolo from a couple years ago, who went through qualifying, won the whole thing. I think that's his only ATP title, and I think that he was around 100 or 150 to 1 at the time. So we're pro it's probably not going to be that crazy, but once again, expect the unexpected. That's my advice here in Cordoba, which is why it is also my favorite clay event of the calendar season. Coincidentally, the first event of the entire season, but I enjoy it, and it should be a lot of fun. A lot of very good matchups on paper for clay specialists, and it should be a lot of really good tennis over the next week. But anyway, time to, time to uh, actually get into the outright odds. I will admit, though, we are down a couple of players because some qualifiers who end up advancing to the main draw have just not had their odds added. I've looked around. I haven't seen them. So apologies if you're expecting me to give you breakdowns on, for example, Bagnus, who I thought about taking potentially. No outright odds available, so I can't take him. So it is what it is. Either way, though, time to get into the actual odds. You have Baez at plus 650 as the co-favorite with Sarundolo. Uh, that's F Sarundolo. You have Offner at 9-1. to one. You have Tabilo at 12-1. to one. You have Echeverry at 20-1. to one. You have Schwartzman at 14-1. to one. Altmaier at 14 to 1, Hompfen at 16 to 1, Coria, the defending runner up at 18 to 1. You have Kachin at 23 to 1. You have Garin at 23 to 1, Ramos Vinolas at 23 to 1, Seaboth Wild at 23 to 1, Baina at 23 to 1. Uh, you have Diaz Acosta at 26 to 1. You have JM Sarundolo at 29 to 1, uh, Komasana at 29 to 1, Varias, our boy, at 31 to 1. You have Navon at 31 to 1, Munara 34 to 1, Zapata Marias at 34 to 1, Barrios Vera 34 to 1, Galan at 42 to 1, and Delian at 42 to 1. I mentioned all the names available because I had to. This is unlike other events where you can usually, especially on the ATP tour, cancel off all the long shots and usually stick on the top 10 guys in terms of odds. You can't do that in this event. This is going to be insane. And I do think, based on how the draw looked when I went through it, you might see a couple, a couple of Cinderella stories making it to the semis, uh, maybe and beyond. So we'll see what happens. But for the sake of my outright picks, I'm going to start off with Offner at nine to one. I do think his path is actually pretty easy compared to some of the other players in his price range. So to go through Offner's path here, he has a buy in the first round, then a matchup against probably. Barrios Vera, I'm assuming the better player is going to be winning. So I'm every time I list out the path, I'm assuming it's going to be the hardest path possible based on the draw. So the point is Barrios Vera would be his first actual opponent, and he's 1-0 in the head-to-head. -head. Then he'd either face off against Hompfman, Schwartzman, or Varias. Varias is, you know, a guy who did us a lot of just a lot of high-quality work in the clay season last year, most notably, of course, that French Open match against her catch. But the point is, Varias is really a guy not in great form right now. Schwartzman's been washed for about a year and a half. That doesn't really mean anything to me. Hoffman's been fine, but I do expect him to be a little bit streaky throughout the course of the entire season, like he always is. So the point is, you're looking at a 9-1 to one in Offner, who has a pretty good price, pretty solid on clay in general. So I do think he's in a spot to potentially capitalize on a relatively easier draw than a lot of other guys who are favorites in this event, which is why I am going to pick him as my first option at 9-1. to one. Uh, To go through the other favorites, by the way, in that price range for a second, Baez is defending champion. He's plus 650. 
I decided to stay away from him. And there's a couple reasons for that. First of all, I think his draw is actually not that bad. But it's the fact that he was busy in the Davis Cup over the last couple days. And he had a war against uh, Kazakhstan on Sunday. And he won. I know he fought off a couple of match points in the third set. I think it was against Pupko, I think. But either way, the point is Baez had a multiple-hour war on Sunday. And I'm worried that he's not going to potentially get back on track physically or maybe emotionally since that was the deciding tie between Argentina and Kazakhstan to send Argentina into the group stage. So a lot of emotions running high in Argentina, especially for Baez. And I do wonder if he'll be able to kind of reset as he will go into a 250 after being in such a just an extremely intense match on clay over the weekend. But the point is I'm going to stay away from Baez. I mentioned it before, nobody's ever won two titles here, and I think 650 as a result is a little bit uh, cheap because of that, so I'm not going to take buys at 650. Sarundalo at 650, I'm not going to take either. I just don't trust him in general. Sarundalo is a guy who's battled some injuries, consistency issues, and 650 I'm really not a fan of, so I am going to stay away from him as well. I believe last year he lost to Coria because he got injured, and I think it was the second round, and had to retire. So I'm not going to bother with uh, Sarundalo at 650. I'll probably back him later on in the year, but I'm not a fan of his current form, and I do think he might struggle. He was mediocre at best in the Davis Cup as well, so I'm not exactly sold on Sarundalo at that price range. So Offner is my choice there as one of the favorites at 9-1. to Now, I'm going to basically skip the middle section because there are a couple of players who I thought about who I wasn't really sold on their draws. Tabilo at 12-1, to he's still doing Davis Cup action. I think he was against Peru on Sunday night, and that was on hard courts, and now he's going to have to go back to clay, and there's a lot of tennis involved in skipping to Bilo. Echeverri's at 12-1. to 1. I like him a lot as a player. He has not really played any clay events in a while because he's doing pretty well on hard courts, so I am concerned that Echeverri's not going to make the transition well enough early on to potentially survive an upset threat early in this tournament, and 12-1 to 1 for a guy that hasn't played on clay in a while I think is a pretty bad price, so I'm going to pass on Echeverri. Schwartzman at 14-1, to 1, no chance. I'm not taking him. I, I once again think he's been washed for several years. It's not going to change now. I will stay away from uh, Schwartzman. Hopefully he proves me wrong because I do like him in general, but he's just not that guy anymore, so I'm going to pass on Schwartzman at 14-1. to 1. Uh, You have Altmaier at 14-1, to 1, who I thought about. But pretty similar story to Echeverri. He's a guy who has not played on clay in a while, and he's had some injury issues recently, especially on the hardcore season. So Altmaier, I'm going to stay away from. Not exactly the easiest first-round uh, first matchup either against Coria. So when you face off against the defending runner-up in the first round, not exactly an appealing option for me to take you as an outright of 14-1. to Hoffman, I don't trust enough, but he might make a decent run. Who knows? And Coria... Thought about not the easiest matches. He's actually a dog against against uh, Altmaier in the first round. So if you're going to be a dog by a decent margin in the first round, I'm not going to pick you to win the event at 18-1. to 1, That's not really going to happen. Now that's going to take me into my second outright for the actual tournament. I'm going to go with a former champion here. I'm going to go with Green. I'm going to take Green to 23-1. to 1. Now I know Green has been a bit streaky, mostly on a downswing over the last couple of months, but he did win the event in 2020. He's been very good, historically speaking, on clay in the ATP level, as he has five ATP titles on clay, and his path to the semis is actually not that bad. So, facing off against Apata Marias in the first round, as Apata Marias has not played on clay since July, so I expect Apata Marias to struggle in his first match back on clay. Echeverry, I mentioned before, he's not played many clay matches either, 
and I do think Gareen has the game to potentially beat him in what should be a competitive match, and then either a matchup against Ramos Vinolas, Kachin, Coria, or Altmaier. I'll let them kill each other. Uh, I think that's going to be an insane like quartet of guys trying to just go at it. So I'm going to pass on all of those guys based on the draw, and I do think that Gareen, as a former champion, can find his form here. His draw is not that bad, and I do think that at the price of 23-1, to 1, it's a pretty good buy-low spot for a former champion with a pretty decent draw, in my opinion. So he will be my second outright. But before we get into the other two outrights, looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into $200 instantly in bonus bets. You can currently find the Super Bowl lines available on DraftKings. The Chiefs are plus 2 and the Niners are minus 2. The over-under is set at 47.5. Should be a fun game, and hopefully you make some money betting on it with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of, of Super Bowl 58 with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia... Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit CCPG. Org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to plug inside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Still be higher or lower on your favorite fantasy players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100 times your money with some spicy plays. Watch along, maybe make a little money and make some picks over on Underdog's mobile app or website, Underdog Fantasy. When you sign up, remember to use the promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first spot up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. We were in the middle of going through my outrights for uh, Cordoba. Now it's time to continue the conversation as we're going to talk about some long shots in this event. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to pick two guys that have been really good on clay in clay tournaments in the challenger circuit that I think can actually make a name for themselves in this event. So I said before, Cordoba tends to be a bit of a long shot paradise. And I do think this is a decent spot to pull the trigger on a couple of guys who can make good runs. I'm going to start off with a guy that we've actually seen play recently in the hard courts. And he almost beat a Fritz in the first round of the Australian open. We're going to look at Diaz Acosta. At plus 2,600, he did win a clay challenger event in Uruguay uh, in November, and then he ended up making the semifinals of a clay challenger in Buenos Aires in October. So recently, he's been in pretty good form on clay, and I think that should carry over into this ATP event. Now, he has won five ATP challenger titles on clay in his career, so I do know that he can go the distance in this type of environment. Home country guy as well, being an, being Argentinian, so that's going to help him in this case. But his path to the semi is actually not that bad. So he starts off against Gomez, who he's a pretty big favorite over. Then a matchup against either Tabilo, who I mentioned before I'm kind of fading because of his hardcore Davis Cup action over the past couple days, or Comasana, and he's 2-0 lifetime against Kovasana. And then he has a matchup against Baez, 
who was one of the favorites in this event, but he did beat Baez on clay in the last meeting. So the fact is, you're going to give me a guy 26 to 1 who has a pretty decent path the first couple rounds. Baez maybe stumbles, or maybe you end up seeing Diaz Acosta beat him because he has beaten him before. So I don't think he's going to be intimidated by Baez in the spot. The fact is, Diaz Acosta looks pretty good in the hard court circuit. He's still a very young player. He's progressing, and I do think that his clay talent can translate to what should be a very wide-open field. 26-1, to 1, just watching him play. I like his game. Simply put, I think it's a good deal, and I am going to take him as my first long shot. My second long shot will be another uh, Argentine who is very good on clay in the challenger level. It's going to be Navon, and I'm going to take Navon at plus 3,300. Like the person I mentioned before in Diaz Acosta, he also has five ATP challenger titles on clay, so I know that he can handle this type of environment. His path to the semis also quite favorable. Matchup against Baina in the first round, who has not played a clay match since September. Bagnus or James Rundolo. Bagnus, he is one in one lifetime uh, in the head to head, but that match against Rundolo is basically a pick 'em. So we'll see what happens there. And he's three and two lifetime against James Rundolo. So that's a pretty decent spot for him in the second round. And then you have a matchup against F. Sarundolo in the following round, who I mentioned before has been a bit streaky recently, not exactly in great form. And I do think that you can see potential Cinderella run from Navone as well. But 33 to one for a guy who's solid on clay in his home country, I think it's a good spot. I do think if I had to pick between the two outrights that I like the most out of the long shots, it would be Diaz Acosta because I do think he's the better player. But I do think Navone has got a decent path if you see something happen at Sarundolo where physically he's just not fit enough or maybe he lets the unforced errors get the better of him like we have seen before. But once again, I am taking a different approach to this event compared to other ATP events. I'm being a lot more open uh, with the overall draw, and I do think there's a lot more room for outrights to shine. Mostly, I mean, that's kind of the case with all clay events, but especially when the favor to win the whole thing is plus 650, and you have two co-favorites. That means the that means the field's pretty open to me. So I am going to go with a couple long shots. I thought about Bagnus as a super long shot. Unfortunately, as I said before, did not have odds on him, so I could not actually give him out. But he's been in good form, too. It's pretty tricky to tell when you're expecting a challenger-level player to take the leap and make a good run in ATP event. But I do think with this being the first clay event of the ATP season, it's a good spot to potentially fade some guys who have been playing solely on hard court for the last couple months. And I do think that having familiarity with the clay, playing some challenger or Davis Cup matches on clay might help, you know, bridge the transition period for some of these players, which is kind of an unwritten rule that I follow. I don't typically like the back guys who have not played on clay for a long time. And I do think that the guys that I picked have been pretty uh, active on clay recently, and that is good enough for me. So once again, my actual picks for the outrights here in Cordoba, my picks are going to be on Offner at 9-1. to one. I'm going to take Gareen at 23-1 to one as a former champion. I'm going to go with Diaz Acosta at 26-1, to one, and I am going to go with Navon at 33-1. to one. It wouldn't shock me if a couple of my guys lost in the first round. The point of Cordoba is to be a little bit loose, in my opinion, with some of your willingness to actually take long shots. Bet responsibly, of course. I'm not telling you to shell out all your money on long shots, but I do think it makes some sense to throw some darts, see what sticks, and we'll go from there. But I like those four guys, and I am going to stick with them. Trying to think of other guys I was tempted by, though, before we get into the lock and dog picks. 
a lot of the guys on here are good are good on clay. I mean, Ramos Vinolas has made the final here twice. I just think he's past his prime, simply put. Seabolt Wild's good on clay. Not the easiest matchup in the first round against Delian. I know he's a big favorite, but that head-to-head is very close, so I am going to stay away from him. Uh, Catchin, I thought about, hasn't exactly been in great form recently, so I'm not going to take him. I typically want to take at least one uh, player from Argentina in this event because they've done quite well here in the past, and as a result, I ended up taking two of them in the long shot variety. I thought about Coria. I don't mind it once again, but him being a dog at like plus 150 in his first round match is not really ideal. So I ended up skipping over him. But if you want to go for some other guys, you want to make a case for it, sure. If you want to take Baez, be my guest. He's the best player here. But I just think it's going to be a bit of a chaotic tournament, and I'm going to try to capitalize on that hunch and the historical uh, backing of that premise. But anyway, time to get into the actual lock and dog picks for the first round matches in Cordoba. But before we get into any of that, going to have a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is the new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes, plus a ton of fun social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut offers low VIG and fully customizable odds. You can create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things. So you never have to worry about chasing down your money. Social features include group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. They also have good rewards. Get cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Cut also allows you to list almost any kind of bet perfect for getting action on those fun Super Bowl prop bets. Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger betting smarter this interval season with Hall of Fame Bets, sports fan analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into revolutionary into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet torn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop back in the dark and join over 30,000 users Researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets advertise at bets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Can't Win podcast. Just finished previewing the outrights for Cordoba. Now it is time to get into the actual lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go with a pretty obscure play, but it did work in the last episode that we had for Montpierre. We ended up taking a first set play, and I am going to go back to that idea. We are going to look at a matchup between Gareen and Zapata Marais, and I am going to go with Gareen first set spread. I'm going to take the minus one and a half games at minus 120. Simply put, Gareen, despite being a bit up and down recently, has been a very good starter in his last couple of matches. Gareen's won the first set by at least two games in five of his last seven. The issue tends to be with stamina with him, and now his level kind of drops off, but he typically turns into a solid starter over his career, especially over the last couple of months. So I do think Gareen should start off well in this spot. Now, unlike him, Zapata Marais has been really bad to start matches as Apatha Marais has lost the first set by at least two games in seven of his last nine matches. And on top of that, Zapata Marais, I mentioned before, has not played on clay since July. It's been a very ugly hardcore season for him, whether it involved injuries or just the lack of comfort on the surface. But the point is he has not played on this type of in, uh, surface in about six months, give or take, six, seven months. So I do expect him to struggle early on, especially in the first set. And it is worth mentioning they faced off on clay last year, 
and Tapatamarais did win. However, Green did kill him in the first set. Green won the first set 6-2 before uh, everything fell apart for him. But the point is, I think Green can be in line for a good start to this match. He got killed by Kitchenato in his first clay event of the season, but at least he played on clay and he got the transition out of the way. I think Spotamarias is going to struggle early in this match. Maybe he'll pull off the same uh, come from behind victory that he did last year against Green. But I do think Green's going to start off well, and I do think fading a guy who has not played on the surface in a long time is a very profitable angle long-term. So I am going to go with Green to win the first set by at least two games at minus 120 as my lock. For my dog, I am going to go with one of the outrights that we did give out, and I am going to go with one of the long shots here. But I am going to take him on the money line against his first-round opponent. I'm going to take Navone on the money line against Baina at plus 120. Simply put, Navone did make a clay uh, clay challenger final in late January. So I do know that he's in very good form on clay and he's been busy on the surface. So there's going to be no transition at all for him to make. Meanwhile, you're looking at a home crowd advantage for Navone as well, because he is Argentinian. So I do think the crowd will be there on his behalf, but similarly to Zapata Marias, Baina has not played on clay in a long time, not as long uh, as Zapata Marias as a layoff was, but the point is he has not played a clay match since September so you have a guy who's constantly been involved in challenger clay matches, made a final, so he's in good form, and he is in his home country against a guy who's usually pretty good on clay. Baina did win a clay title last year on the ATP Tour. But with him not playing on clay in about three, four months, I do think that's going to be an issue for him, and I do think this line is pretty short for a reason. Now, Vone actually is at plus 105 on some other spots, so I do expect this line to continue dropping, but I do think now Vone on the money line at plus 120 to take advantage of a guy who might need a match or two to readjust to the clay surface. I think it's a good spot, and as a result, I am going to take him. So once again, my picks for the show, the lock is going to be on green, minus one and a half games in the first set against Pata Marias at minus 120, and my dog will be on Navon on the money line at plus 120 against Baina. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. A reminder, once again, if you did end up missing my preview for Dallas and for Marseille, that is in a separate episode and a separate YouTube video, which was posted a couple hours ago. So check out that episode if you do want more additional lock and dog picks and if you want more additional outrights. Until next time, though, we'll be back for the quarterfinals for every single one of these three ATP events. We're going to merge all three together for the quarter, so keep an eye out for that. Quarter episode might be a bit longer, but still. Until then, find me on the NBA show, find me on the NFL show, and other podcasts on the network. And once again, before I forget, don't forget to like and subscribe if you are following on YouTube. And you can also leave a review on Spotify and Dash or Apple Podcasts. You'll leave a rating as well. We appreciate it. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.